A billion years ago, there was nothing but space Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus But planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know. Hello, Hello babies. babies. Welcome to Baby Geniuses. I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Thanks for listening to our show. Yeah. Um, very special episode. Very special episode. Uh, <laughs> I did the math this week and figured out that this episode will be released the day after uh, the four-year anniversary of our podcast coming out. That's crazy. Our first episode ever was released on August 21st, 2012. Damn. That's fucking crazy. That was so long ago. Oh, my God. We still thought Mitt Romney might be president. Yeah. What a weird time. <laughs> Where's the time gone? Yeah. Oh, if only we knew how much worse things would get <laughs> in terms of our oh, prospective Republican president. I'm nostalgic for that election. <laughs> yeah. God, he seems so reasonable now. I know. Robotic, but you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I'd kill for a Mormon at this point. Um, <laughs> not actually kill. You guys, don't take me literally. Never. Um, It's been four years that we've been doing this. Yeah. I mean, minus like we took like a six month break because. Uh, yeah. But we released a few episodes. I yeah. think we only really took like a three month. Yeah. Well, maybe. I don't know. Well, at, at any rate. Yeah. What's been the biggest change in your life in the last four years? Well, I moved to L.A. Yeah. From from Brooklyn. And we both did. Yeah. yeah. Um. There's been a lot of changes. It's yeah. hard to quantify them. It they all is. happen so slowly, though, that it wasn't like a huge change all at once. Yeah. Except for the move. It is. I, I wonder if I will ever want to listen to our, I, like, I feel like um, I don't want to listen to our early episodes. Yeah. Um, I kind of like listening to the episodes sort of within a couple months of when they come out, if I'm going to listen to them at all, just because. I usually listen to them right away recently. Yeah. And really? So sometimes I go through a phase where I'm sick of our own podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't listen for a while, but, um, but yeah, I usually <laughs> listen pretty right away just to like check in and see if there's something I want to improve on. Yeah. That's the main reason I listen. Yeah. And also because sometimes, uh, you will tell jokes that I'll miss because I'm. Yeah. Uh, thinking about or like getting a Ditto. text that I have to deal with because a guest is arriving like or you know like oh totally yeah stuff I miss but um then sometimes I'm like I said yeah too much during that segment <laughs> why did I think that would contribute to the conversation <laughs> that wasn't helpful at all uh, I yeah. just wanted to hear my own voice <laughs> I like it <laughs> thanks yeah 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 um uh, yeah. I guess but I I think I'm like I wonder if I'll want to listen when I'm like old <laughs> yeah is it yeah i always wonder like oh maybe it'll be nice to have this sort of time capsule of like what i was because you know we really just recap like what we're going through at the and, time yeah in our intro and that's sort of really nice especially um, now i feel like there's my life is not super interesting or like i'm not like doing a bunch of different things day to day like i'm not on tour like I, when i'm working on a show where i'm just like going into an office yeah my I life's feel like really repetitive my life's repetitive so what we end up talking about on the show is just like what's my brain been up to yeah <laughs> more so than like what my body's been up to or and like so- what's a weird tweet i made <laughs> what yeah. do i feel about that yeah but it is yeah a lot of weird stuff happens when we're sort of trying to come up with material yeah i do yeah i am tempted to go back and listen to the early ones but i feel like i I got a lot better at podcasting. Not much better. 
you definitely have. You are a very good podcaster, but oh, you were you, you were a natural from the get. Oh, that's very kind of you. <laughs> I think our original idea was that it would be mostly you, and I would just be drawing during the podcast. <laughs> and I tried that during our first episode, and then I was and like, like well, "This doesn't work. This doesn't work at all." Like, <laughs> but I really am like I think that was. By the way, I wasn't like Lisa. Don't talk on the podcast. No, that, that was, was that was Lisa's. That was yeah. our collaborative yeah. idea <laughs> yeah. for sure. Uh, and I was like, I'm your sidekick. Like I made that up. Yeah, that was because I was like, I'm not going to be good at this. And I'm glad that that has changed. Yeah, and I'm like, oh no, we're co-hosts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you are. I, I like especially because you don't. Uh, like talking in public that much. No, I like that we've found a little. Uh, yeah. thing for you, you to talk Although in. I have to do it a lot considering yeah. how much I don't like it. So this really helps, I think. That's cool. Yeah. Good. Good. Yes. We're both good at things. Anyway. I hope, I hope this shows as good for you as it is for me, audience. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing we wanted to talk about on this episode? Oh, I got a really, really rude Goodreads review. <sighs> and I, okay, you're all going to be so mad at me for looking at Goodreads. And I know it's a fucking trashy website and I shouldn't even look. And I hate Goodreads so much. But sometimes I look because I'm bored. And um, my friend is like, it's because you want to know if people love you. Like, and I was yeah. like, I guess that's it. But I only care about the negative stuff on there. It's like, really, I just want something to get mad about. So <laughs> I found this review. I'll read it. Um. This lady gave me two stars and she said, I want to give this three, even four. But was this out together to capitalize on Bojack Horseman's success? It is very thin and zenish. In fact, if she hadn't drawn a poodle saying my name, I would have traded it in and now wish she had just signed my name. It's a decent book, but a novelty des- destined for Urban Outfitters clearance shelf at best. And this. Fuck you. Okay, this bitch. She came to my reading and I drew her a dog in her book, like a really beautiful poodle. And she like talked my ear off the whole time about a taxidermied squirrel meme. And then she was tweeting it at me later and stuff. And like, and then she gave me this review. So mean. So mean. People don't trust Goodreads reviews. No, I mean. More it like bad reads. That's right. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't affect anything. More like poop reads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pood reads. I also just like, I can't understand how anyone could possibly be disappointed with your book because not only <laughs> not only is it really good but it's also exactly as advertised yeah i mean it's not for everyone like yeah. if you don't like it whatever but how can you leave such a mean review after i draw for you and yeah talk to you that's so you rude. know i'm a person <laughs> just like give it to a friend or something don't trash me online anyways <sighs> yeah if i ever see her again i'll be like that's leave like, this isn't for you it's also i regret drawing you a poodle it's also especially rude because not only was she like i'm gonna leave a bad review but i'm gonna make it specific enough that you know exactly who i am yeah i want you to be able to picture me when you think about who didn't like your book it like did, that's it, kind of diabolical it did occur to me that she left that review because she wanted attention and now i'm actually giving yeah. her a lot more attention which is what she wanted so you know but yeah, you know, it did make me laugh a lot, that review. Yeah. Like, my boyfriend was really mad, and he was like, that is so mean. I cannot believe that. And I was just scream laughing into a pillow. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like the things that make you laugh. I mean... <laughs> they always surprise me. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, it's just funny that someone would be that, that mean. It's just... And it's, like, absurd. And it doesn't matter. Um, This uh, kind of reminds me of... um, I really... Uh, I don't know. I didn't know how to make this on the internet, but I really wanted to somehow mash up 
You know, in your first book, there's the part where you draw your art teacher talking about the horse head that you made. Yeah. And saying, what is it about the face? Yeah. I wanted somehow to mash that image up with the part in um, in Sandcastles from Lemonade where Beyonce goes, and your face, what, what is, is it about, about you? you? Oh my God. <laughs> Every time I hear that, I think about that part in your book where your art teacher's talking about horse heads. You know that feeling when like something just very suddenly makes you cry and you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that part of that song always does that for me. Yeah, it's like, so <laughs> vulnerable. Yeah, I love it so much. I love it so much as well. So I'm really glad that it uh, triggered that yeah. thought for you. So anyway, somehow someone make that on the internet. Yeah. I don't know what it would be. Mash those together, please. Yeah, just make make me, th- I'm like commissioning art from the internet. <laughs> um, the other day I tweeted, I was like, someone make a gift, please, of Bill Clinton clapping while chewing gum. And then like um, my friend uh, works for Giphy and, and she was like, hey, Giphy, do this. And then 10 minutes later it appeared and I was like, oh my God, I feel so powerful. <laughs> I am a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> but then there were gifts of him playing with balloons and those are way better. Oh, yeah. Those are really good. But how was I to know that he would be so delighted by balloons? <laughs> this is not very timely. This happened like a month ago. <laughs> yeah, nothing we're going to talk about is, is super timely. Good thing we don't have a news podcast or current oh events podcast. Oh, my God. I would really not enjoy that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I am really not a news person. I came here to get away from the news. Yeah. What's a thing that's not the news that we can talk about? <laughs> um... I feel like we were going to talk about something else. I don't remember what it was. Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't make good notes. I'm not bad. We were going to talk about the movie The Intern, and then we ended up talking about it on the last recording. I know. Um, um, uh, you know what we never talked about? What? Um, on July 4th, I went to my grandmother's 100th birthday party. Oh, my gosh. We didn't talk about that, did we? No. I saw pictures. It was really sweet. Yeah. My grandma turned 100 on July 4th this year, and it was so cool. I don't know if you guys have ever been to a 100th birthday party. That's amazing. But it's pretty wild. Um, she seems like a cool lady. She's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, like, we were already pretty stoked that she lived to see a black president, but now she might live to see a female president is as she, well. Is she stoked about that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's pretty... She, I, I mean, she's really funny about living this long she definitely doesn't want to be here anymore oh, really? yeah. she's done <laughs> yeah she's like i every time i see her i'm like how are you doing she just says i'm still here oh my god <laughs> i kind of love that i like that by that time of life people are ready you know like They're ready like yeah. at our age i feel like we're so afraid and we're not ready and we have so much left to do but like yeah by that time you're just like yeah okay yeah that's enough yeah she's like i mean especially now that she's like lost her third husband she's been widowed three oh, times oh damn yeah. Um, so she's like, okay, really? I'm still okay. Uh, I, at her, like, when she was like 99, even, and I think even when, when he was still around, we were like, 99? Like, that's pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, like people, you know, living in 99 is pretty incredible. And she's like, yeah, not sure I recommend it. <laughs> 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 which I thought was uh, really funny. She says a lot of really funny stuff. She's really funny. Um, I love funny old people. There was a while ago when we thought she was going to pass away. Yeah. And like we went to say goodbye to her. Mm-hmm. And her, you know, what I thought were her last words to me before I left were, well, have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the funniest thing. Oh, my God. But maybe she knew she wasn't going to die. Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, that's so that's cool. been, that was cool. Um, uh, we should go to Chunch Chat. Yeah. You know, I feel bad for calling that Goodreads reviewer a bitch earlier. I don't know why it's just sitting wrong with me. I don't know her. Maybe she's just having a bad day. Maybe she, you know, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> it was kind of bitchy what she did, but I don't want to call her a bitch. I don't know. I get that. And you know what? I, I honestly, maybe this is, you know what? Someone asked me, re- like one of my coworkers asked me recently, like how I felt about using the word bitch. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt like in context, you said this bitch, which I feel like is just like a colloquialism yeah, for yeah, saying yeah. like this person that I'm talking about. Yeah. Was, um, was doing a bitchy thing. Yeah, yeah. Or just like, yeah. I actually love the word bitch, but I, I recognize why other people yeah, would not. And it maybe, means different things for other people. I just hope that didn't make anyone feel like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Should we put, put a... <laughs> hopefully they didn't stop listening. Meh. Um, I think they'll probably, they'll forgive me. Yeah, I think... Forgive me. Hopefully you're on Lisa's side in this whole debacle. I mean, I'll probably do it again, frankly. I do yeah. like to swear. Um, when my coworker asked me, he was like, how do you feel about the word bitch being used? And I was like, man, my answer to this is super complicated. Yeah. Because it really, really matters what the context it's is and who's saying contextual. it. And what they mean by it. And I really like the soft uh, form of it, bish. I like bish. calling my yeah. friends bishes. <laughs> I had like a... Um, I had a dilemma where I have a friend who I I met years ago doing on birthright on that trip to Israel. Oh, yeah. And I don't know her that well. Um, she's like really cool. I have a lot of respect for her and she's like super political. And um, she posted this picture of her and her friends at Bash Bish Falls State Park. Uh-huh. And I wanted to comment more like bad bitch. Yeah. State falls. And I was like, I don't know if she would like that or not. I'm, it was one of those things where I was like, I have the best Instagram comment you could ever make. And yeah. I don't know you well enough to know if you would like this or not. Because oh, you might actually not like it. That's so rough. Because uh, there are people who really don't like the word bitch. And I totally understand that. Yeah. Um, and I respect that's, it. That's so funny. and oh, Such a lost opportunity. I know. Well, I'm glad that you said it here. Thank you. I'm <laughs> glad I got something out of it. You had to get it out. Okay, it's time now for Chunch Chat, the uh, regular segment where we talk about any news or updates in the world of Martha Stewart's pony, Ban Chunch. Chunch. When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, find wine, full moon, and we're chatting about Chunch. And chunch. So I have noticed that the New York improv troupe that is called Ben Chunch has renamed their troupe Ban Chunch. Good for you. Good for you guys, guys I you, guess. You two guys, two men. You listen to this podcast. Don't act like you don't. Yeah, you appropriated <laughs> our, my, my culture. Our segment. My culture. <laughs> really, my culture. Martha Stewart's culture is my culture. <laughs> um, that concludes Chunch Chat. <laughs> it's time for one on fun. Lisa. Yes. If you could. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, if you could change the view outside your bedroom window, um, like to have it be like rotating three different views, what would you want them to be? Oh, shit. 
Oh, shit. You know what I really like about the current view is that I can always see like sort of a dark tree branch, which uh-huh. I really love to see at night because it's just a little spooky, but also very, very comforting to me. Oh, because um, it's like protecting you from people seeing in. I don't know. I just like it. I just like seeing a tree branch out there. Um, I wish it, I would like to see a more natural setting with no fence and no other houses. So mm-hmm. like a, I would like to see an open field full okay. of farm animals. I'd like to see a more foresty setting with hills. And I would like to see uh, a beach. Those are really good. <laughs> Those are very basic answers. I, like I just it. I just basically described three different <laughs> calendars. <laughs> That's kind of the point of a calendar, isn't it? Yeah. Well, not the only sometimes, point. I mean, it's also to mark days. <laughs> true. But I mean, also, sometimes you just want to see some goddamn sheep in a pasture. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Emily, uh, what uh, what's your favorite rom-com? Oh, my favorite rom-com of all time, I've definitely talked about this on the podcast before, is Drive Me Crazy with Melissa Joan Hart and Adrian Grenier. Oh, shit, which I still have not seen. You gotta see it. I watched, I rewatched 10 Things I Hate About You the other day, and that oh, movie yeah? is great. That movie is really good. It's really I, good. I wonder how much I would like Drive Me Crazy now. It's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah. Um, I do really like romantic comedies. Yeah. I think they're delightful. I love them. They make um, me feel good. Yeah. Drive Me Crazy with Melissa Joan Hart. It's like a classic, one of those like, we're going to pretend to be in love to make other people jealous, but then we actually fall in love. Yeah. Um, but I kind of like that it's um, it's anti the popular people, but it's also anti the nerds in a way oh. where you're kind of like, oh, yeah, everyone's bullshit. Yeah. Um, Clicks are bullshit. Yeah. And that they're both like smarter than... You know, like, they're both more interesting and more complicated than those sort of, which I think, like, I I mean, I'm giving the movie a lot of credit for, like, (laughs) deconstructing the way teen movies portray cliques in a way that I think is kind of unrealistic. Yeah. Where um, those cliques are so, like, I I just found, like, when I was in high school, and I wonder what it's like now that, like, um, culture is so sort of, like democratized and everyone sort of is into everything Mm -hmm. in whatever like people have much more interesting personalities i don't know that's true well not necessarily but i just think that like people um like culture is people have access to a lot more different culture than they did when we were in high school where like we had like basically just mass-produced culture and so people's identities we're kind of like either you know about underground stuff or you don't. Yeah. And now it's like, like everyone more knows malleable. about. I feel like it's easier to be like a, a queer kid now too, like for re- similar reasons. Yeah, it's easier to find your people. Yeah. You don't have to project your identity as much to find the people who you have stuff in common with. And I wonder how that's changed high school culture. I would be really interested to talk to someone about it. And what like, click were you in in high school? See, that's the thing. I never was in a click. Me neither. Yeah, I even my teacher commented on it once. He was like, "You just kind of go wherever with whoever." <laughs> Not in a <laughs> slutty way. He's slut. just, yeah, <laughs> he's just like, "You're just up for you know." I'm like, "Yeah, I don't mean." Yeah, I don't know. I think I um I was usually friends with like one person from every clique. Yeah, me too. And I had like, I definitely, but I also went to a really small high school that wasn't super clicky and didn't have much of a subculture either. I think I really wanted to be a part of a clique that was mm-hmm. like a bunch of people who like dress like me and talk like me. But oh, I tried that. It did not work yeah. for me. It was oh, not really? good. It was very toxic. Yeah. <laughs> Clicks are bad for people. I They're think like... Bad. I Because think... there's like a status within the click that gets pretty gross. Yeah. It's very I, mean girls. I also just find <laughs> that I don't usually like every member of a group. No. 
I usually like a couple people <laughs> and I don't want to spend time with the other people. Yeah. And I then I'm like, why are you guys hanging out with this piece of shit? Yeah. Uh, so I don't like doing There's that. Like a, that's like a nerd fallacy thing where like, oh, because we're all part of the same group, we all have to hang out together all the time. And it's like, nope. Nope. <laughs> we're adults. Um, Good answer. S- thank you very much. <laughs> Drive me crazy by Melissa Joan Hart is my answer. <laughs> Great answer. Um, that concludes One on Fun. We'll be right back with Wiki of the Week. I'm Travis. And I'm Andy. And we host Bunker Buddies, a comedy apocalypse podcast every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. We've got a brand new format for our podcast that we hope you want to come and check out. We try out products for your go bag. We'll try out cheddar larva and cricket bars so you don't have to. We play Would You Rather and answer questions from the audience. And we have great guests that pop into the bunker. It's everything you love about the show and more. Come check it out every Wednesday here on MaximumFun.org. Stay safe out there. There's always hope and cheesecake. My boyfriend calls me pig. And we refer to my hands. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> I refer to my hands as my hooves. Didn't your mom call you? It's because my mom. Well, my mom has always called me her fat little pig. <laughs> you so to, nice. Mm-hmm. Well, I should well, just tell the story, yeah. right? Well, yeah. we're recording, right? No? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell the story. Don't okay. worry. Don't worry. It's so good. Let's introduce our guest this week. Um, our guest this week is a writer for Robot Chicken, Silicon Valley, and most recently Rick and Morty. And more importantly, she was my friend in art school in college, <laughs> uh, Jessica Gao. Hello, everyone. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining so us. So your mom used to call you... Still calls me her fat little pig. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of it is because I was born in the year of the pig, but oh, also because... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, but also because she thinks I'm like a horrifically fat human being. <laughs> um, so it's both. But to be fair, it does sound like a little bit cuter in Mandarin. Yeah. Um, but when my boyfriend. How does it sound in Mandarin? Xiaopangzhu. Oh, that is, oh, that cute. is cute. Yeah, and in con- I mean, but also like culturally in context, it sounds cuter. You know, it's like more endearing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but I mean, make no mistake, it's also a comment on my weight. You know? <laughs> and, <laughs> and so when my boyfriend, um, the worst human being in the world, Truck Torrance, um, found out that my mom calls me her fat little pig, he was like, "Oh, that's awesome! I'm going to call you that." But he just calls me pig. Great. <laughs> is it hard to explain to people who don't understand your yeah, relationship? Yeah, yeah. Oh, women especially are horrified. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely yeah. horrified. And, <laughs> and he gets mad at me because he feels like I love to, like, play the victim and be like, my horrible boyfriend calls me pig. You act like you don't like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, it's not a cute nickname between us, but it's just part of, like, longstanding verbal and emotional abuse. <laughs> um. Yeah, he calls me pig, and uh, and my mom also calls my uh, refers to my hands as my hooves. Yeah, because she has she has very um, like veiny and like weathered hands from like a lifetime of like hard labor and also never taking care of her skin. 
um, it's funny too because like skincare is such a mystery to her in that <laughs> it exists and she doesn't seem to realize that skincare exists. Um, so she's always like, I don't know why some people have like nice looking hands and I don't, and it's like because they take care of their hands. <laughs> but um, but she loves my hands because like they're so you know soft and pampered. Yeah, they're pamper. They're soft. Like I use I I care for my skin and there's no wrinkles. So she's always stroking my hand and she'll say, Look at your little hooves. They're so soft because you've never worked hard before. They're so wrinkle free and. And then her grip tightens and her eyes go black and she goes, I wish I could just cut them off and put them on my wrists. <laughs> and one year at Christmas dinner, oh she yelled across the table, Jessica, serious offer, $10,000 per hand for a hand transplant. <laughs> Um, I'm obsessed with your mother. Oh my god, I love. She's that got a so real much. big fan base that she doesn't know about. Yeah, oh, she's man. incredible. Yeah, you should secretly podcast her. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I kind of want to figure out how to like do. She gives uh, excellent movie reviews because oh, like she doesn't really. I, I don't think she under. I mean, because English is a second language, and so like I think she's missing a lot of stuff. But also, I I feel like she's bad at paying attention or just understanding things because, like, I remember when I was in college. She knew that The Godfather was one of my favorite movies. So she was like, let's watch this together because I really want to know what all the hype is about. (laughs) So we're watching The Godfather. We're over an hour, probably 90 minutes into this movie. And she turns to me and she goes, so they do like illegal things? (laughs) And I was like, that's Um, your takeaway from 90 minutes? She's trying to figure out what the mafia is. And then she watched, she told me she watched As Good As It Gets. Um, Do you remember with Jack? Yeah. Yeah. And she finished it and I was like, what did you think? And she goes... So he was just a crazy person. Uh, <laughs> and I was and that was her That's a pretty good summary of yeah, that movie. Exactly. That was her entire takeaway from that movie. He oh was just God. a crazy person. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh well, we should uh, get to our wiki. Oh yeah, page. we should. Yeah, <laughs> we have a wiki segment we're going to read um real quick. Um the wiki of this week is a uh, Hundepruter Rutuben. This was sent to us by Ashley Rogers. Thank you for sending this. Um and this is Danish for dog fart switchback. And uh, it's a steel family roller coaster at Bon Bon Land in southern Zealand, Denmark, approximately 100 kilometers from Copenhagen. I thought you'd appreciate this, Jessica. It's about dog farts. Um, the roller coaster is known best for its name and its unique dog flatulence-related theme. Hunda Pruter Ruchaban was the first coaster to open at Bon Bon Land in 1993. Bon Ben Land was opened in 1992 by a candy maker that manufactured disgusting-sounding candy flavors. <laughs> Hundaprut, dog fart, was one of the most popular flavors <laughs> and consequently became the theme for the first roller coaster at the park. I love every word of this page so far. Yeah. I'm so on board for everything. I'm planning a trip to Copenhagen to ride this dog fart roller coaster. I want to taste that candy. <laughs> I'm shocked you haven't been, Lisa. I know. <laughs> I mean, I I could eat, we could definitely write off a tri- like on our taxes a trip to ride this roller coaster. Oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't even like roller coasters, and I want to ride it. Yeah, it seems like a pretty like mild roller coaster though. It doesn't have like big drops or anything. I don't yeah. think. I don't know. It, does it move <laughs> too much for me? <laughs> Uh, built by Zero, <laughs> the coaster layout is a relatively simple family coaster, and it is the park's smallest roller coaster. The coaster trains are designed in the shape of a dog named Henry Dogfart. <laughs> <laughs> and the dog theme is pervasive throughout the coaster's course. Riders are taken round a statue of a defecating Henry the dog through a kennel 
and past bones and piles of dog feces. <laughs> there are also speakers throughout the ride, which make dog fart sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Reviews and press attention. Hunde Prutorutebeins, unusual name and theme, have attracted considerable attention. The coaster has been listed among the Travel Channel's 15 wacky roller coasters and is included in the Mental Floss article. What I like Mental Floss. Um, <laughs> the coaster has been described by a number of other sources, including USA Today, Cracked, and the Chive. The Travel Channel described Hunde Prutorutebein as having the most pure wackiness of any <laughs> roller coaster. Wow. Most pure wackiness. How do you measure pure wackiness? <laughs> oh, with the meter, the pure wackiness yeah, meter. The pure wackiness oh, yeah. meter. Gadling says that the coaster gives new meaning to the phrase, the wind in my face. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. That is the entire Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, it is short and sweet. It and is short and so sweet. So sweet. Um, so I would highly recommend looking up this roller coaster and like g- going to a Google image search of it because the pictures are great. Henry Dogfart. By the way, great name for that would be like calling myself Emily Human Fart. Yeah, <laughs> um, which this you is should. What he which, yeah, like. you absolutely should. Oh, it's oh, so good. Wow. It's really um, cartoony and yeah, yeah it's, that's he wild. looks really like he's straining. His, his eyes are bugging out. Like he's it, dude. If you gotta push that hard to fart, you got a yeah. problem. That's yeah. And there's a few of them around. His ears are flying up in this one. Wow, that's um, painful. I really love I really love this as an idea for a themed roller coaster. Yeah. Um if you guys could like just build your own theme park around a coaster like this. Oh. Uh what other what other co- roller coasters do you think would or like attractions would help complement this? Oh, I don't know about yeah, complementing that. I mean, I I just immediately thought it'd be cool to have like a Pegasus themed roller coaster where you're riding a Pegasus. Oh, oh cool. that would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Would it be like a um, virtual reality one? Or, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Like at uh, a Sim Universal yeah. Studios. Yeah, I love yeah. those. I would love one thing that I always loved about Willy Wonka was that candy room with the chocolate river. Oh, so yeah. it'd be really fun to have Splash Mountain, but with a chocolate river. And at the end, you get you capsize, and then you have to eat the chocolate <laughs> to survive <laughs> and get out of it there. It would be so unsafe sanitary but yeah. so good yeah so sweet. Oh, that would be really good yeah like a Candyland roller coaster would mm-hmm. be cool yeah we don't have that anywhere do we there probably is one somewhere yeah well but, yeah. i mean not one where you can actually eat the stuff which is what i would want yeah yeah, yeah that would be really they'd good. have to replenish it constantly but yeah i think it could work yeah um i again and again i people have emailed me about this and i definitely owe you guys some emails back there are people who have volunteered to make my zip popping dip video game um oh yeah i should really get on that it's on my to-do list but um (laughs) having like a roller coaster where you're like riding around on a human face and pimples are popping around you and stuff like that uh would be cool that's sick (laughs) wow lisa so judgmental that that crosses the line (laughs) (laughs) no that'd be awesome (laughs) riding Uh, around on a human face yeah (laughs) i just saw the other day there's this one bakery that's been that makes these cupcakes that look like zits and you can pop it and it has stuff that gushes Ah, out a bunch of different people said that to me i I would never want to eat that (laughs) oh my god i'm so i'm so prim improper during this segment (laughs) who would have thought it's unexpected um that concludes wiki of the week uh, we will be right back with Jessica Gao. All right. <clears throat> Hi, Jessica. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Um, 
I wanted you to talk about um, what's what's its name? Terry. Yeah, Terry. Terry the teratoma. Yeah, Terry my teratoma. Just because okay. this is an awesome medical thing that I'm yeah. fascinated by, and I, I think can't about it. Wait to hear about this. I think about Terry all the time. <laughs> Frankly. All right. So uh, not this last Christmas, but Christmas before last Christmas Eve, I wake up super early at my parents' house and just in incredible stomach pain. So naturally, I was like, I'm just going to diarrhea and it'll be fine. (laughs) And naturally, (laughs) naturally. But like afterwards, I like I started throwing up and like to the point where there was nothing like not even bile was being thrown up and just insane pain for like hours. And then finally... I was like, this is not like food poisoning. Like something's wrong. I have to go to the emergency room. So I made my mom take me to the emergency room. They uh, they were just pumping me full of painkillers. Didn't know was like even morphine wasn't like alleviating the pain. Oh my God. And I was like, what is happening? And they there was one more thing. They were like, if this doesn't work, then there's nothing here stronger. And But thankfully, like that worked enough where I wasn't just writhing. And then they ran all these tests because they didn't know what was wrong like you know urine was fine blood was fine like everything was fine they, so then they were like okay like let's do a cat scan and and um and then they were like we don't know what's causing this which is like the scariest thing somebody can say to you yeah but they were like incidentally there's like a little tiny speck like the size of like a nerd candy basically in your lady parts that couldn't have caused this but you should follow up when you feel better follow up with your with your gynecologist but that wasn't that wouldn't be what was causing this. We don't know what's wrong with you. So here's just we're just going to pump you full of more painkillers and then you can go home. So then I went home and like because it was like the holidays, I couldn't get in to see my doctor for like days. And um, and she was like, I, I don't know. This seems like a really nasty virus, but you should definitely go to your gynecologist. And then I so basically by the time I saw my gynecologist it was a week later. Mm-hmm. And the whole week I just felt awful and I was in bed. And so I go to my gynecologist and he does a um, ultrasound and he's like, oh, here's the problem. You have a gigantic cyst that's now the size of an egg. Yeah. And so in one week it went from like a nerd candy to an egg. <gasps> oh my God. And he was that's like, so fast. Yeah. And he was like, we need to get this out right now. And, and it was New Year's Eve. So he was like, well, the surgery department's closed tomorrow so we're gonna have to wait till january 2nd oh my god the one worry we have is this might burst so definitely take it easy for <gasps> oh new year's god. eve oh and, my god yeah and he later told me that after i left his office he he mentally debated calling me and saying come back and we'll just do it now yeah but he but then he was like it's not worth the risk because i hadn't been fasting and i would have to go under for the surgery oh and so god. it wasn't worth that risk so like so for two days i was just in bed like trying not to move and meanwhile it was just getting bigger and bigger inside and every time I, ha- I had to go to the bathroom, like every hour, but it was the most painful thing to go to the bathroom. I could feel my internal. Was it just pressing on your bladder? Well, I could feel my organs shifting, trying <gasps> to, trying to like move things aside so that it- I can actually pee. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause I could feel like a, a pulling and a dropping when I'm trying to pee. Ah! It was the worst. And I, c- <laughs> I had no appetite. It was just like the worst ever. And then January 2nd at like 6 a.m., like we had a you know check me in and like the surgery department was like still closed like they still hadn't come in for their day after new year's and um i and then it was like watch slowly watching the surgery department come to life you know and <laughs> oh, um <laughs> they're like we're gonna come on, guys know. snap to it yeah <laughs> and the best part is my parents were there my mom um <laughs> the great, greatest mom in the world <laughs> all of her questions to my doctor pre-surgery were like what kind of scar is she going to have oh, how big is the scar gonna be will the scar go away can we do this where she doesn't have a scar? <laughs> and, you <laughs> and you're like, I don't give a... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, do you have any non-scar related questions? 
Bruises? No, only scars. <laughs> and she was very upset that I was going to have a scar. Oh, and, oh and I was like, no one, it's going to be like uh, by my crotch. Like no one's going to see it, you know? And uh, so I go and have the surgery. And of course I asked if I could see it afterwards. And, um, they're like, no, but, you know, we'll take pictures and, and show you. And I was like, great, I have to see pictures of this. And I remember when I woke up from the surgery, like, the, I love this nurse because he immediately, as soon as I woke up, um, first of all, the first thing I said, so Dr. Kim was my anesthesiologist. And I remember when I was, like, coming out of surgery, the first thing I said was, well, I'm awake, Dr. Kim, if that accounts for anything. <laughs> don't know why I suddenly was talking so prim and proper like I was Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) Like kind of sassy. Yeah, yeah. In an old timey way. Yeah. And Dr. Kim wasn't there. I just felt like I should address him because he was responsible for putting me under. And then the nurse um, was like, do you want to see the pictures? And I was like, yes. And he shows me these pictures and it looked like a human heart. Like that's how big. And I was like, show me with your hands how big it is. And he does this, which is the size of like a human heart. Yeah. So in two days a grapefruit yeah oh my god probably a little bigger because they had to drain it before they could pull it out (gasps) and so yeah so in two days it went from egg size to like like giant ribeye steak holy fuck yeah it was crazy (laughs) i forgot how gross this yeah i'll show you a picture (laughs) afterwards don't worry i'll show you a picture it had hair and teeth (gasps) okay yes burying the lead explain Let's explain what. Why. Okay, so what? Yeah, so what this? What, it wasn't a baby. No. So what this is is an, it was a monster. Yeah, it was a monster. It was a bezoar. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it, it was Cthulhu coming back. <laughs> so it, an egg in my ovary like went buck wild and was like, "Fuck this shit! I'm gonna do my own thing now." And it managed to like attach itself to the ovary and and siphon blood, and it started getting a blood source, and it so that's what caused it to grow. And so the the pain I felt that sent me to the emergency room was my ovary twisting. And my ovary yeah. twisted because of it. And that's what was causing me all that pain. But, you know, in a scan, you can't tell that the ovary's twisted. Oh. Um, and so uh, so when they opened me up, like, the ovary was just dead and black and shriveled up. And, <gasps> like, this, so they had to remove. So now I've only got one ovary. It's egging for two now. And <laughs> the, and the t- so the teratoma just, like, started growing like crazy. And, and so that's why I was able to, like, grow hair and teeth. So Holy I looked it shit. up, and, like, some people's teratomas have, like, eyeballs <gasps> and, like, fingers. Just, like, weird-ass DNA. Yeah, weird-ass, just, like, whatever they can grow from, like, 50% DNA. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so fucking Isn't freaky. that crazy? That is so crazy. Yeah. Um, so, and, oh, my God. What would have happened if you hadn't, It like, would have burst. It yeah, burst. and then I would have gone into... To, like septic shock or and something. You had like yeah. two different doctors not know it. Yeah. Not notice totally. it, right? Before yes. um the best gyno in the world. Yes. It's also my gyno. Um <laughs> he's incredible. Who but is this like, person I need? Dr. Mark Allen Dwight. He's <laughs> at so Good amazing. Samaritan Hospital. He always has fresh flowers in his office too. Yeah. It's like he's, he's just, the best. He's, he's the, the most wonderful gynecologist in the world. Yeah. It's I'm a delight to see an him. appointment right now. Oh, you have to. He's the absolute best. I love him so much. <laughs> it's a, yeah. And, so horrified by this whole conversation. <laughs> the best bedside manner. Yeah. Like, remembers conversation, small talk details from a year ago. He talked to me about horses for like 20 minutes. He's like, <laughs> yeah. never in a rush. Oh, yeah. Man. yeah. I love it. Yeah. If you like, when he's like done with your exam, he'll say like, do you have any questions? And you know how usually when they do that, they just want you to ask something quick and then they'll just answer it as they're leaving. Like if you ask a question, he sits down. He's interested yeah. yeah and he looks you in the eye so that you know you're not being rushed out 
Oh, yeah. that's yeah. really nice. So when I went into for my follow up post surgery, um, he was like, "Oh, I was so glad I got to meet your parents because like I'd been going to them for <laughs> so many years, you know." Yeah. And um, and he said that um, after the surgery, when he came out of surgery to like tell my family that I was okay, my mom was like, "How is the scar? <laughs> <laughs> How big is the scar?" Oh and God. he said all she did was ask him about the scar, and, and you're he like, was "You like, know, she lost an ovary." Right? Yeah. And he was like, "Would you like me to tell you that your daughter's okay?" And she was like, "Yeah, yeah, but the scar." What is what? What about the scar? <laughs> does Piggy have a scar? Yeah, does my beautiful pig have a scar? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, and I'm so terrified of my own body now. Yeah, yes, it will turn against me whenever it wants to. Yeah, and it was like it was so the recovery was so crazy too because it was really humbling because I used to think I was like a big and strong like healthy like beast. Yeah, and and I essentially had a C-section. Yeah. Yeah. Because they removed something gigantic and like I have a C-section scar now, you know, and the recovery was crazy because for like the first week or or two, it hurts so bad to just sit up and like laughing was so painful. Because they have to cut through your stomach muscles. (laughs) Yeah. It was crazy. And it just took so long for me to recover. Like I remember a week later, I felt good enough where I was like, I can walk around. I can go to the store. I was in the grocery store for 10 minutes and I was like, I have to lie down right now <gasps> oh my god and i was like i can't believe i can't go grocery shopping without getting exhausted it was crazy jesus yeah c-sections are no fucking joke yeah no that's like a really intense yeah. it's like yeah yeah i can't believe i had a c-section without ever being pregnant i know <laughs> yeah jeez. well i'm glad he saved your life and yeah. i'm glad you didn't try to give natural birth to that to, ball to of terry the teratoma yeah, yeah. <laughs> i did not oh want to meet that baby yeah and then for valentine's day that year truck made me an illustration of me riding the teratoma <laughs> <laughs> that's so nice it's very beautiful cute. Um, well, we have a few more minutes left. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about uh, whitewashing? It's yes. kind of not the topic that we can cover briefly. segue, Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like that's... Speaking of abominations. Yeah. <laughs> well, Unpleasant the... growth. Yeah, yeah, well, the trailer for this Matt Damon movie, The Great oh, Wall, God. just came out. Yeah. And it's crazy. Yeah. Someone posted about it on our Facebook wall because we've previously talked about um, how you cannot see the Great Wall of China from space. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the this movie also perpetuates that mm-hmm. that myth. But yeah. Well, it also perpetuates the myth that Matt Damon saved China, <laughs> ancient <Yeah>. China. <laughs> More importantly, but yeah. I love that the tagline for the movie is "What are they keeping out?" And it's like historically Mongolians. Like, <laughs> yeah. what? Are, what kind of question that wasn't is that? A mystery. Yeah. Oh, oh man. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this whole year has been just, uh, there was this article a while ago called, like, it's a real shitty year to be Asian American in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And it really has been. Like, there's just been an insane amount of fuck yous to, like, just anybody who is a non white man in Hollywood. Yeah. And um, I've been filled with rage this year <laughs> uh, because of it. And it's one of those things where, like, the, the argument that really, like, infuriates me the most is when people argue, like, oh, it should be a meritocracy. Yeah. Because it's not. Sense. It's yeah. crazy. That's it's not like, how it works yeah. at all. Well, first of all, it's not a meritocracy because who's doing the hiring? Who's doing the green lighting, you know? Like, people like things that they can relate to, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like when everybody at the very top of the food chain, food chain who are the gatekeepers and who are the people with the money um, are all, like, white males like and they really are yeah and they really really executives like yes they're gonna be 90 
5% white dudes. Yeah. And it's like, what do you think those guys relate to? And what do you think those guys think are funny? Like, also, those are the only people who get to make those decisions. Totally. Also, nobody wants to take a risk because, like, yeah. I feel like they're so easily replaceable in that kind of job. So they just want to make what's been made before. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, <clears throat> like, and I do think that, like, when people try to, like, come up with bandages for this for the problem, they kind of go about it the wrong way. Like, because um, one thing... Uh, that I talk I like to talk about is like I I'm a big fan of Girls the show yeah and remember like her the first season she got a sh- ton of shit she still does she yeah. still does she got a ton of shit for the show being about like wealthy white girls in mm-hmm. New York I mean yes true it's like finally we get to hear about wealthy white people in New York yeah. you know? <laughs> but but the other thing is it's like I wouldn't want to make someone like Lena Dunham shoehorn in like stories about people of color because like that's not her experience like the problem isn't to force someone like the solution isn't to force someone like Lena Dunham to then tell stories that she doesn't know how to tell yeah it's to why don't you then give a person of color a show and let them tell their story yeah. and Lena. why does she have to be held to a standard yeah, that totally. no other person creating a show is ever held to yeah it's ever. like oh yeah like she of all people like really not the entire history of te- network television yeah, <laughs> is yeah. being scrutinized for this Seriously. And, I, and I do think it's valuable to point out to people who make shows like that and I think like Seinfeld had this problem too where it's like oh people of color are relating to this show and you're treating them like they won't yes by the way you portray them but just as like different than the characters on the show Mm -hmm. totally um for people who don't know what white washing is I imagine our listeners do but there might be some who don't it's like the practice of like taking a lot of like opportunities that could be for Asian actors or yeah or directors or behind the camera people and just making it for white people is that how you well it's it? it's usually uh, in relation to in front of the camera like yeah. taking a role that should have been like you know a person of color and then changing that character to white yeah so like, like last Airbender right yeah or prime example right now is um is Scarlett Johansson's casting as a Japanese woman <sighs> oh or God, actually yeah. Emma Stone being cast yes. as as a half or as a quarter Chinese quarter Hawaiian woman in aloha which no just no yeah Yeah. but stuff like that and it's like the thing is you know like again when people make the meritocracy thing they're like she should just be the best person for the job but or or uh there's been like these like stupid arguments like oh well that's how hollywood works you need an a-list star but you know making that kind of argument basically First of all, it's not true because it's been proven again and again that the franchise matters more than the A-list star. I mean, look at the string of bombs every A-list star has. Seriously. That argument already doesn't work. But they're forgiven. Whereas if any other, any kind of minority group or if a woman does something and fails, they're never getting another chance. Oh, yeah. They're in jail forever. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, having a mentality like that basically ensures that no person of color will ever get the chance to become A-list. Yeah. Because no one, because if you already come in with that mindset and you're like, well, then, you know, there's no one that's of color that I can hire for this, then they're never going to get to the level. Like, you yeah. have to get chances to get to an A-list All level. All of those A-list stars were given an opportunity yeah. in spite of not being a name. Yep. Yeah. And they ended up being profitable. Mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, Constance Wu said, I, not even this time, but like a while ago, that I actually hadn't thought about in relationship to this whole issue was that like part of the problem, too, why... Uh, like why it's such a pervasive problem that keeps Asian American actors out from behind the camera is like denying them these opportunities is a bigger deal because they're also not auditioning as much Mm -hmm. because there are less roles for Asian actors. So they're at a natural disadvantage when they audition for roles because 
white actors who audition for the shit every day are practicing auditioning. Yeah. And like that is a thing that holds you back because if you're not good at auditioning, you're not going to book stuff. Yeah. And so you get held to an even higher standard. It's like crazy how many different factors there are to the way this fucks with people. Yeah. Yeah. And also if you write like if you write in a script any character and nondescript character or you just describe them by like gender and age. The casting director will naturally cast white. You have to specify in yeah. the script yeah. what color they are, or else it will one hundred percent be white. Because white is like the baseline. Yeah, right? that's the, like yeah, what a normal human. Is. Yeah, that's what a normal <laughs> human is. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's so insulting. I hate it. I've also found. And have you found this when like writing on a show? Like a, a lot of times when I am like working like off on script for my episode, I have to like. I try and make all my day players women. Yeah. if I can. Yeah, um, because it's like. I notice, like, if you're just writing a doctor, they just fucking cast a dude. Yes. Yep. And I've had the problem happen where, I'll, like, I'll go off on script and I'll write my my thing and I'll make all the day players women and I'll come in and in the rewrites, it'll they'll all get changed to men somehow. Totally. Yeah. And it's, like, so in, it's so infuriating. It's such, like, an ingrained thing. Yeah. I totally do that, too. And I will arbitrarily make them people of color just by giving them all last names, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, then pe- and then they'll always ask, like, oh, is there a reason why this person has to be, like, Asian? Why does or- there have to be a reason? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, why do you have to justify they exist? It? Yeah. You is know? there a reason why the protagonist does not? Yeah. Or <laughs> if you give someone, if you make someone a person of color, then they immediately are like, oh, do you need an accent for this? And it's like, no. Yeah. I speak English. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so frustrating. Yeah. Um, I don't have a follow-up question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, So I guess we haven't solved race problems in Hollywood. No, no, we we should all try harder. But also I hate it when people just like shoehorn in like someone just of, of color or someone queer or whatever, just to get a pat on the back. Like that bothers me so much. Or you can, yeah. Or you can tell that the studio or the exec like specifically was like, you need more diversity in your show. Yeah. But they they didn't hire diverse people to actually tell their story or anything. It's just a bunch of white people cramming something in there to get kudos. Yeah. And, or sometimes it's like, it's like a fuck you to the executive. They're like, well, there you go. There's your black person of the week. Yeah. You know, And it's like, fuck you for making us do this. Yeah. This reminds me what I forgot I wanted to talk about in the intro to this episode. Oh, which really? Is season two of Unreal has been so disappointing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a little it's, It feels like they're going for pats on the back rather than like what the show is naturally but good at. isn't but. there something interesting in how that's kind of meta because that's what the character in the show is doing? Yeah, there is something. There's definitely a lot to say about yeah, it. It's yeah, it's very complicated. It's, it's complicated, so complicated. But they're also using black lives to create create story stories, for, stories white, for white characters yeah. and there are no emotional consequences for the black characters who are actually bearing the weight of it mm-hmm. like yeah. they did this really traumatizing thing spoiler alert if you guys you guys I'm really hoping that it comes back somehow like season two of Friday Night Lights was really bad and then I ended up really loving the last couple seasons of it I'm like maybe there's a chance yeah. um, I mean but, I still I still really love this show I'm gonna yeah. keep watching it but I'm just kind of like how are they gonna justify how are this? they gonna get through this but yeah, yeah there's been a really trauma like they just had like a anyway I'm not gonna get into it but yeah that made me think of that too. it's interesting totally yeah, yeah. I, I, I was very complicated I was thinking about that a lot and you know, just waiting to see like the next couple of episodes and seeing like how they're how gonna are they d- going to handle it. I just yeah. I I they don't have my trust anymore. Well, then you yeah. start to wonder like, do how many black writers did they hire on that show, and does that matter? I think it does. It does matter. Yeah. I mean, it matters to me that there are no black writers on Orange Is the New Black, yep. and there never have been. Yeah, that is a problem. That's yeah. a big problem. Um, 
Yeah, as someone who has been like writing for shows, like, do you feel? How do you feel? Like, I don't even know how to phrase this because this is something that's on my mind too. It's like you, you did. I'm, I want to sorry yeah. to interrupt. You, you wrote a really great piece about being the only woman in a writer's room. Yeah. Once, well, so more like, often than not, I'm the only woman and the only person of color in a room. And the number one thing that really sucks about it is that all the other, all the white, straight white dudes spend 100% of their time and energy just being funny and being good at their jobs. But I have to spend 100% of my time doing that and another 100% like being protective of like female characters about how female, uh, uh, how female representation and also people of color. And I'm not just protective of like any Asian characters as if there ever were any, Um, (laughs) but like all people of color too, you know, like we're all in the same boat in, in terms of this. And uh, and so, like, and not you have to educate everyone else. Yeah, it's like a whole nother job, and, and they don't without care. alienating exactly because yeah. the other thing is you don't want to be the PC. Feelings. You don't want to be the PC police. Ugh. You don't want to be the wet blanket because that's the other thing too. Is that then they'll be like, well, this is what we get for hiring a woman. Now we can't make all the shitty, dumb jokes that aren't funny um, th- that we want to cram into our show. You know, like yep. someone's always going to be poo pooing our parade and. The only, I mean, it took me years to figure this out, but like, the, basically, the best way to call out someone's bad joke is really to just beat it because like that's the only way way you can do it because otherwise you can't it's not helpful to just constantly be like that sucks that's stupid that's racist you know like you especially it's like in the rare situation where you have a showrunner who cares about that they can sometimes be more defensive of that because they don't want to be seen as someone who's wrong about that stuff and Mm -hmm. so they defend their ideas because they don't want it to be true that they could be yeah Yeah. totally and it it really affects the way like people treat you and act around you too like depending on like and i also feel like men especially have this issue with women telling them that they're wrong because it just brings them back to like when their mom disciplines them you know yeah so then they just resent like if one of the other dudes was like dude that was a really shitty joke they'd be like yeah you're right but if you I wish do more it, dudes would step up and say that. Yeah. A lot of dudes think it and they're like, well, I don't want to criticize my bro. Yeah. Like, I don't want to call them out. It's like, please, please help. Yeah, <laughs> please help. Like, yeah. I can't do this on my own 24-7 and still try to do my job. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <sighs> it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that also, I feel like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm always so much more impressed with my coworkers who are not white dudes because they do have to be better to... You know what I mean? Like yeah. Work anyway. You have or, to work. or white dudes who actually do listen and are like yeah. trying to be better at all times and open to criticism oh, and yeah. change. Like, yeah. And as yeah. any creative person, you should be open to criticism. Yeah. Like, yeah. It like, makes you better. It makes the yeah. work better and more interesting. Yeah. There, so there Lisa, are too many wanna... bad shows out there. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many bad shows out there, <laughs> and nobody told them that it was a bad show. Yeah. I think some people probably told them. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, we should probably go to expert hour. Mm-hmm. If people want to follow you online. Oh, yeah. I'm terrible at Twitter, but <laughs> you can still follow <laughs> at me. At first, I thought that you were saying that was your handle. Yeah. I was like, that's a great <laughs> that's handle. That's a great <laughs> handle, actually, because I am at, at terrible at Twitter. No, it's at Chairman Gao. Um, <laughs> Gao is spelled G like George, A-O. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. So like Mao with a G. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, if you want to follow my cat, 
on Instagram. <laughs> uh, he's at Admiral Whiskers on Instagram, and he's beautiful. I will say that, um, uh, that right now. the officer uh, Meow Meow Fuzzy Face on BoJack is based on Admiral Whiskers and mm-hmm. his really? portrait of him. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. my God. Because she got all of his markings exactly right. Because I'm his auntie. Yeah. That's so, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love the smug way you said that. Uh, it's like pouty. Because I'm his auntie. I love to brag about knowing cats. <laughs> oh my God. This looks exactly like yeah. Meow Meow Fuzzy Face. Yeah. Okay. Following right now. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. thank you. It's time now for Expert Hour. What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We need an expert. We need an expert. We need an expert hour. Welcome to Expert Hour. Very excited about our expert this week. Um, she's here to talk to us about love. Please welcome Laura. Yay. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you keep oh, coming. oh, it's fine. I drove up from Alabama this morning. Oh, it's far. It's oh. very far, but I did it in about six hours. Um, oh, wow. Well, it wasn't just driving. It was driving, bicycles, flying. It was just a whole bunch of things because I had to get up here and tell y'all about love. <laughs> wow. Were the bicycles <laughs> flying because you were running cyclists over? <laughs> no. No, silly. I get it. That's a funny joke. No, the flying was in an airplane and in a helicopter. Yes. Yes. But I got here. I got here. I'm going to have to turn around and go right back home after this. Okay. So I want to let, there's three ladies here. Mm -hmm. Are all of you? Four counting you. No, I don't matter. (laughs) Are the three of you in love? Not with each other. Yeah. Uh, but we are all in love. I, yes. Well, I, I want to so. speak. I yeah. am in love. Yeah. yeah. The three so. of you all are in love with yeah. significant others. Mm-hmm. You are beating the statistic. The statistic of women in love is about 20% of them are in love. Wow. And 80% are so sad. Oh. <laughs> They're so sad. So oh. I'm not speaking to y'all right now. I guess I'm speaking to your listeners. Yeah. The 80% who are so sad, who are crying into pillows, who think about walking off bridges and dying. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I will say, like, even though I am in a happy relationship, I identify as culturally single. Yeah. No. <laughs> You can't. That's not a thing. That's robbery. You're robbing the sadness from the ladies who are actually sad. You're right. That's fair. That's cultural appropriation. Yes, you're appropriating from people who are so sad. Okay. So here's rule number one for finding love. Okay. If you can go outside your house, you can find love. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. If you are able to leave that house it can come to you. All right. Rule number two is if you can't leave your house, you can find love. Because let me explain. Emily <laughs> Heller, that's your name. Yes. You're looking at me very quizzically. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and I will answer your quizzically look. With an answer. Okay. okay. The Internet. Oh, yes. The Internet can help y'all find love. All you have to do is log into OKCupid.com or the Tinder that has to be on your phone. It doesn't work on the website. I have tried several times. <laughs> or you can use eHarmony if you like questionnaires and Jesus. <laughs> oh. Yes. So you log into one of those websites and you lie on all of the answers. <laughs> Don't tell these people the truth about you because you're hard to love. That's why you're single. Oh. So you lie a little bit. 
and then the people come to you. And that <laughs> that is how you find love inside your house. Now, okay, let's go back. Let's skip back to one. It's not very far because we're only on two. So <laughs> the first one, if you can leave your house, you can find love. Yes, because, okay, say you walk down the street. What is your name, my friend? Jessica. Jessica. Oh, what a name. Two S's. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I sprang for both of those. I like it. I like it. Your parents were not stingy with the letters. I like it. Some parents are very cheap with the letters, and they say one S and Jessica. I yeah. like your parents. Yeah, not like Lisa over here. Lisa yeah, only right. has one, one S. S. Yeah. You could have been Lisa. Yeah, it could have been very nice for you, but it could have okay. been. Oh. It's okay. I don't blame your parents. They're probably very nice people. They probably <laughs> left the house to find love. Okay, so Jessica with two S's. If you leave your house and went for a walk, and you saw a man or a woman, don't know your life. You could just say, hello, and then he'll say, <laughs> hello, and then he'll be like, I'm kind of horny, and you go, no, 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 that's too fast, and then there's love. Oh, that's how you find love. Yes. Okay. Oh. So hmm. simple. Here's so simple. Emily Heller, do you have a question for me? I have a few questions. Okay, <laughs> let's start with the second one. <laughs> I don't want to trip you up, but skip okay. that first one. Okay. We'll do that one. We'll double back. Okay. <laughs> um, so I guess my second question was going to be, um, how long should you wait for someone who's already in a relationship to become single before you? So you're looking at somebody who's in a relationship? Yeah, like if you, like, so... Okay, well, my first question was going to be... No, no, okay. no. Okay. we got to hit that second one first. Okay. The second wow. question, I guess, is like, how long should you pine for someone who's unavailable before you move on to someone else? a good else? question. Really oh, good question. boy. Well, it depends on your occupation. Okay. If you're a nurse, don't pine for very long because why would you do it? If you're a writer who writes books or you're some type of artist, pine for a very long time because oh. your art will will take your pain and suffering and your art will be better. Oh, I'm glad to okay. hear that. I was yeah. always kind of a piner. Uh, yes, yeah. and you're an artist. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah, so it helped you. If you're a truck driver, I know that's not creative, pine away. You got yeah. long drives. You got to think about something. Yeah. Yeah. That's, well, that's wise. Emily Heller, what's your first question? <laughs> <laughs> okay, my first question was, well, so it seems like the method that you're sort of suggesting, mm -hmm. just go, sort of going out and saying hi to people, I feel like I tried that for a while. And it wasn't super successful um, because people were not interested in me romantically, but just as a friend. <clears throat> I um, have a little bit of cough, got kind of dusty in the air. Yeah. Okay, Emily Heller, when you were talking to people, how did you approach them? And what did you do before you left your house? <laughs> um, Answer the second one first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the second one. Okay, so I would, b before I left my house, yes. I would... I mean, I guess it depended on the day, but I would generally get dressed. I wouldn't always shower. Sometimes wear makeup, sometimes not. Okay. Um, if I was, like, really trying to, like, you know, meet some people, I would maybe get a little dressed up. But, um, yeah, and then I guess I would sort of, you know what, it's been a while. I don't really totally remember. Well, you're I think talking a lot and you miss something crucial. Yeah. You didn't look in the mirror and say, I'm worthy, I'm beautiful, and I'm going to find love outside. Wow. Oh. oh, there's your mistake, Emily. Yeah. yeah. Man. You got to do positive affirmations for positive things to happen. Otherwise, you're just a dusty bitch who kind of got dressed outside in the world. 
No. Oh, Emily, I so wish you weren't such a dusty bitch. I know, yeah. me too. <laughs> Lately, I've been feeling like I should probably be like, you know, dressing up a little more, acting less outwardly depressed about how I look. <laughs> and I maybe that's like something I should have been doing back then. Maybe. Why are you depressed about how you look? I am not depressed about how I look. I just feel like I project an image of depression based on how I take care of myself because I just sort of value comfort over everything. I understand that. I think you look very happy and nice. Thank you very much. You've got nice red hair. I wonder if your listeners knew that. (laughs) (laughs) I think they might. Our logo has me with red hair. Oh, well, thank God. Okay. Um, (laughs) Do you guys have questions about love? Please. Miss, Miss Laura. Is it Miss Laura? No. <laughs> so you have love it's in your Mrs. life. I'm in love. I've oh. been married to a man for 49 years. Oh, wow. my God. You look amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. His name's Bruce <laughs> with two C's. Uh, oh. Bruce. <laughs> That's what I call him when we fuck. <laughs> Bruce. Oh, I'm coming. Oh, Bruce. Well, Mrs. Laura, you ha- I can't help but notice you have a very unique wedding ring in that it's a gold ring that says fuck on it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Bruce said, I, I don't want to give you a diamond. What does a diamond mean? And I said, it, it means you love me. And he said, no. It just means I bought you something. I want you to wear something on your finger that I like to do to you. And I said, <laughs> Bruce. <laughs> so he's got a ring that says hugs. <laughs> because my favorite thing to do to Bruce is hug him in the morning. <laughs> um, how important do you think it is to have like a song with your partner? Hmm. I understand that question because at weddings, they're like, we need to dance to our song. I think it's very trivial and small and truly doesn't matter because <laughs> songs change. Artists die. <laughs> uh, sometimes you forget about a song. Yeah. So I think remembering times is better than songs and oh, stuff time. like oh, good, that. Because I don't have a song yeah, with my partner. Neither no. do I. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. Uh, I was just wondering. Once you once you find love, what's the best way to keep it? Oh, Lisa, what a question! That's what I was going to ask. A very, very good, smart question. Okay. Okay. A way, one way to keep love. This is very controversial. You can lock them somewhere, (laughs) chain them to something. But a lot of people are like, no. And I understand that it's a little, it's a little much. The second way is to just continue being yourself and I realize I told you to lie on your online forms but the more time you spend with somebody the more they'll learn about you and you can't have the truth and then they'll be like haha I've been tricked this is great so <laughs> you just have to be yourself and they'll just love you so oh. it's like a long term bait and switch truly yeah. is <laughs> truly thank you for naming it bait and switch <laughs> I like that I'm gonna start using that bait um, and switch now I know you're in a really successful marriage now um were there was there a time in your life when you failed at love oh i failed at love so many times i was loving these crusted men who were offering me nothing and i just had to regroup and say ah girl what are you doing and and then i just moved on i had one man he was obsessed with taking me horseback riding and i hate horses (laughs) (laughs) and i kept saying carl why? 
And he kept saying, because I like it. And then I realized Carl didn't have my best interest at heart. Yeah. Carl was just interested in what Carl liked. Yeah. Sounds like Carl yeah. and Lisa might get along. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. oh. Do you love horseback riding? I do. I try. I never force my boyfriend to go with me, but he goes with me anyways because he loves me. He does. Very nice. I've seen your Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I was doing research on on the way up, and I was Ah. like, I gotta know about these ladies. I know your boyfriend loves you, and he's got the blonde hair, and I know you have red hair. Yeah. And Jessica, I'm just meeting you. I didn't have time. I didn't even know you was going to be here. I know. What a treat. I I needed the advice of a love expert. Yeah. Jessica, what a treat. What a treat. How do you know that you've found the right love? How do you know? You'll f- okay. So the way you know you found the right love, the love for you, sometimes your heart hurts and it feels like you're having a heart attack. And you're like, I feel so sick, but I felt good an hour ago. And you're like, mm, that's love. Ha- oh. How do you tell the difference between love and heartburn? <laughs> <laughs> if you take heartburn medication and it doesn't go away that's love oh, oh so so at no point do you need to go to the hospital absolutely not i don't think you ever really need to go to the hospital for anything unless you're bleeding oh, oh. Mm-hmm. okay well there's but, a ball of hair and teeth that might uh, <laughs> disagree with you i don't understand that reference <laughs> Did a friend of yours have hair and teeth? Jessica was just telling us that she got a ball of hair and teeth removed from her. I uh, had a teratoma <laughs> removed and it had hair and teeth in it. I'm so sorry. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> you had hair and teeth inside of you? Yeah. <laughs> Whose teeth? Um, <laughs> half a human being, I assume. So did you absorb a twin in the womb? No, I wish. Um, No, I had an egg basically go crazy and turn into like a cyst and grow and just start growing and developing. And when they removed it, it was this big and it had hair and teeth inside. Wait. Yeah. (laughs) An egg? A fertilized egg? No, no, unfertilized. In the ovary. It just went buck wild. (laughs) Wait, people can form without spire? Well, it's just not a hair person, and teeth. But like the, yeah. the cells that grow teeth or hair specifically can <laughs> yeah. go crazy. I don't understand why people don't like Hillary Clinton. The, the <laughs> women can do so much. It's true. It's true. That is the best argument I've heard so for much. her so Absolutely. I we can grow half humans inside of us. Yeah. That's right. I'm with her. Yes. <laughs> I'm with her too. <laughs> I'm Mr. But Jessica, what a treat to know that about you. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> How long was the hair? Could you braid it? Just kidding. <laughs> That's why. Um, do you have children, can I ask? I have two children. One is Hezekiah and the other one is Jezekiah. Oh. <laughs> are they twins? No, they are twenty years apart. Oh. Wow. wow. Yes, I had them uh very spaced out because I wanted them to be their own person. Wow. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to find love on their own. And they're very good. They're very good little boys. I love them. And how old are they? 20 and nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so you just gave birth. Wow, you look fantastic. After 42 years of marriage. 49. 49. 49, Uh Yes, yes, yes. I gave birth. 
Wow. So you you and your husband were married for 29 years before giving birth to your first child. Yes, because if you have a child too quickly in a marriage, yeah. it it makes the marriage disintegrate. It makes love a little oh, bit harder. That's interesting. Yeah. Because now you have to love two people. Yeah. And one of those people can't stop shitting themselves. <laughs> so it's just hard. Yeah. So we waited. And I think it made our marriage stronger. Yeah. yeah. Well, because everybody knows love is finite. There's only a, there's yeah. a only, finite amount of it. Yeah. That's true. Yes. Yeah. You only get, what they say in Sex in the City? Three great loves. It's true. Wow. Wow. Well, we're running out of time. Oh, um, no. Okay. <laughs> well, you got to hit the road. You got to make it back to Alabama, I gotta right? I got to go right. back to Alabama. My kids, my newborn baby, <laughs> waiting on me. I got to get back to him. <laughs> um, well, uh, if people want to find out more about, I, I mean, have you have you written any, any books of advice? Or how do you usually dispense this sort of knowledge? I put pamphlets in people's mailboxes okay. around Alabama. And now that I'm in uh, California, Los Angeles County, I will be doing the same thing before I leave. Okay. Wow. What area are we in right now? Um, this MacArthur Park. MacArthur Park, yeah. Watch out, MacArthur Park. Check your mailboxes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Well, um, thank you, Laura, so much for being here. Thank, thank you, you, Emily Heller with the red hair. Don't forget, everybody. Um, that concludes expert hour it's time now for what did i learn what did i learn lisa what did you learn today um you know i always wanted to go to copenhagen uh but now i would like to go there even more because i want to ride that that dog fart train dog fart roller coaster yeah yeah. (laughs) um jessica what did you learn today i learned that i need to consult mrs laura on every life decision from here on (laughs) out (laughs) yeah Although she does say you shouldn't go to the hospital unless you're bleeding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's not wrong. She's not wrong, you guys. Uh, Laura, <laughs> what did you learn today? I learned that women are more powerful than I thought they ever were. <laughs> you grew a person inside of you with no help. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. It is. <laughs> That's what I learned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Emily, what did you learn? Oh, man, I learned so much today. Um, I think the main thing that I learned is just that I need to look myself in the mirror and say that I <laughs> deserve love. Yeah. Just yeah. more often than I've been doing it, which is pretty much never. Yeah. Also, here's one more thing you can do. Before bed, think of something funny so you go to sleep on a giggle. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. Is that love uh-huh. advice or life advice? No, it's laugh advice. Okay. That's I fantastic. started doing it about two months ago, and I wake up uh, usually pretty happy every time I do it. Can you think of the last uh, the last joke that you... The last giggle that you went to bed on? Uh, uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yes. Okay. So uh, a friend of mine went to Palm Springs, and she's a very fat lady. She's wearing a bikini, and she hashtag it, very fat, very brave, and a member chuckle. (laughs) (laughs) So I just go to sleep thinking about that. That's a good one. That's a good one. She's very funny. (laughs) What's her name? Nicole (laughs) Buck. She's so funny. <laughs> she is funny. She sounds really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I've never met her. Oh, I wish she was the guest on this podcast today. Me I mean, too. no offense to you, Mrs. Laura. No, it's all right. <laughs> We've had her on before, I think we have. She um, yeah, she's, she's, she's very funny. <laughs> she's very brave. 
Uh, that well, that's gonna do it for us today on Baby Geniuses. Please uh, rate and subscribe on iTunes. Give us five stars. Oh yeah, send us your butt pics. We're gonna have more to s- describe uh, next time, next yeah. episode. So uh, get them in quick so that we have more to look um, at. Email us at babygeniusespodcast at gmail Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Lisa Draws. I'm at Mr. Emily Heller. And goodbye. Yay. Great episode. Baby geniuses. We know everything. Baby geniuses. We know everything. Baby geniuses. We know everything. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.